All right, and welcome back, folks, to COVID College. I'm Sean Lonergan. And I am Jack Popolaitis. And today we're going to switch gears a little bit to talk about, well, first, what to talk about what we've been up to uh, these last few weeks. And then we're going to segue into a bit of a discussion about the various healthy and unhealthy habits that we encounter in quarantine. So to start, both Jack and I are finishing up, or have finished up for that matter, finals. Um, for me, I just had some final papers to wrap up, and uh, as of now, I'm I'm not officially graduated. That's coming up soon, but I'm all squared away with everything. You're as good as there. I'm as good as there, and it feels good. It's an odd feeling. It's not the feeling I was expecting to have, but it is satisfying to know that I've been done with school Potentially forever. I might go to grad school later, but that's a discussion not related to this episode. Actually, another plug for an episode to come. <laughs> well, the question the question I think that I would ask you about that, though, is would it depend on if it's grad school online or grad school in person? Well, you know, that's a this good could point. Be, this could be COVID graduate school very soon. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I certainly don't have the answer to that question. I'm hoping not, but you never know. If that's one thing that the pandemic has taught us, it's to expect the unexpected. But uh, Jack, how, how did your finals go? How did uh, things wrap up for you? I would say they wrapped up for me with the simple phrase, I'm glad it's over. I, I think I did pretty well in my classes. I was pleasantly surprised considering the circumstances and the, the shift halfway through the semester. But in the same way, I think I might have done better than I would have done if I had been on campus because I don't have the distractions here that I have when I'm in my dorm room. And my roommates walk in on a Saturday and they go, hey, you you know, you going out? You going to drink tonight? And I'm thinking to myself, I have a paper due in a couple days. So, I'll, yeah, I will. We're here. <laughs> here, it's it's either write your paper or play video games for the 10,000th time today mm-hmm. for that day. So I, I think they actually went really well. It was, it was weird, though. To, I'm sure you felt this. I'm sure everybody kind of felt this shutting that computer and kind of thinking that's not how it feels typically for things to be over. It was very, very anticlimactic, to say the least. Yeah, I, would, I was certainly expecting more fireworks, but unfortunately, breaking news, that didn't transpire. No fireworks here. But <laughs> like I said, it is done. And now I'm faced with about a month in between graduation and starting my new job. And given that most of my day has not is now been opened up from homework and tying up loose ends with projects and papers, I have to fill that time some one way or another. Now I am a now retired college athlete, a college runner, I should say. So about an hour of my day is spent getting out running, and you know that's a good escape. But it's a it's a bit of a different scene now because people now see the outside as their retreat. So there's a lot more people getting out and about. And as a result, I got to figure out where's the border when it comes to, you know, it's a little bit more than six feet that I have to be worried about. But is it 10 feet, 20 feet? Do I have to go across the street? Do I have to go in the middle of the street? If there's an oncoming biker, is that does that change the game around for social distancing? So... That's been a little bit of a, a double-edged sword. On, on the flip side, I've also been uh, brushing up on some childhood favorites of mine, namely RuneScape. So for all those uh, RuneScapers out there, I am back on. So if you're or if you're looking to connect, I am Black Knight 484. Black spelled with B L A K Knight K N I T E. I'm I'm on for at least the next month, but that's been <laughs> one of my escapes to the virtual world. 
And yeah, I mean, Jack, have you have you encountered anything similar since concluding classes or with that additional free time of yours? Definitely a little bit. I I know you recently explained to me that game, um, <laughs> and it sounds it sounds super interesting. I definitely think it, it might uh, be in my future for one of the games I play. So I started my job for the summer. My I finished my last final on Sunday evening. And I started my job for the summer on Monday morning hmm. at seven in the morning. So I haven't had a ton of downtime per se to pick up any sort of new time filling activities, but I definitely have on my horizon a large amount of video games the second I get home from work. And definitely what comes with that is trying to maybe find something more useful with my time. I mean, it's an election year and I have a feeling that a lot of people are gonna be forced to vote in person. And so I'm in a position where I can use good sanitation methods and am relatively healthy enough where I could work in a poll. And that's something I've thought about maybe trying to get involved in a campaign and do something that's more worthwhile. Well, you're certainly doing the good work there, Jack, because that's something that uh, if anything needs to be sorted out better, it is the upcoming election and having the people there to make sure that people are as doing it in as safe and democratically efficient way as possible. So I'm sure nothing will go wrong, too. I'm sure it'll be perfect this time. No, I'm, I'm sure there'll be no issues. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into the main piece of our episode today, and that's our discussion of healthy and unhealthy habits uh, that we've both encountered personally and uh, through social media and other means. Now with healthy habits, I already, I already touched on it a bit with running, but a lot of people are going on walks to escape the dreaded house. I've been trying to get out and go on some walks and appreciate the surrounding area. Uh, I've been going on hikes too, although hikes are a little bit less serene too. Hikes are like the new concerts. <laughs> It seems. Walking and hiking has never been more in fashion than it is now. Walking is having its kale moment. It's never been more popular. Never been more popular. It's certainly the trendy thing right now. Walks are in, hikes are in. So I've certainly gained a greater appreciation for walks. Uh, Jack, have you have you been uh, participating in, in this uh, trend? I definitely have taken more walks, I think, in the past two and a half months than I ever planned on taking in my entire life, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing that, that I've been doing though is my dog tore his ACL back in January mm. when I was home in fact and so he has gone through a pro athlete level of rehabilitation from everything from having to do sit stand exercises to do I have to you know make him do leg extensions I have to grab his leg and do it or we have to walk him up and down the stairs and what comes with that is 30 minute walks every day and so he's never been in more, sh and he's never been in better shape than this because he's just never been walked for thirty minutes every day, and I've never <laughs> taken this many thirty-minute walks before. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really good to see people getting out like this. But I mean, that kind of raises the point, which is something we wanted to talk about, which is health officials are saying that for runners or for bikers or for people being active, that maybe six feet isn't enough. And so, right. you know, you're being healthier. And you have to do something to stay active and keep your body healthy. But what is the cost? I was wondering, Sean, I mean, as you've said, you know, you go for a run every day. What is the new procedure? Is it is it more like a parkour course now where you have to dodge people as you're running? You know, I, I wonder if this is going to change the way we build things like walking paths and stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the big question, right? Is how how close is too close and what's the appropriate distance to keep when you're engaging in outdoor activities? Certainly in the hikes I've gone on, people have not really been abiding by even the six foot rule. So that's been a little bit frustrating from my from my perspective. Um, I think people have been better about it on just on the streets with walkers, runners, and bikers collectively. There seems to be a uh, a pretty common understanding that if someone's walking towards you, you you walk into the street, or if somebody going quicker is coming at you or going around you, you try to keep as much of a distance as you can. Um, I don't think there is a magic formula for how far you should be from each other. I think it's just a a matter of judgment. I, I go with my gut and I trust it. So that's my best take on it. I'm no scientist and I I can't say for sure. I think even the experts don't know. I think they're just saying stay as far as you can away without going into the middle of the street and getting hit by an oncoming bus. Um, so that's always, a, that's always been great advice. Right. It costs and benefits, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think which is a really sad group of people that we, I think, really need to address are the gym bros. Oh, These yeah. heavy metal lifters. They've lost their habitat. They've lost. It's, I mean, it's akin to taking polar bears and putting them in New York City. What are they going to do? You know? <laughs> They're lost. And so... They're lost. They they have no way to sustain themselves. They're gonna lose that muscle mass. Mm-hmm. We need next thing you know. If this keeps up and Donald Trump keeps trying to reopen this country, and did not mean to get political so fast, but I mean that could make things a lot worse. But we're gonna start to see those really soppy commercials. But instead of a polar bear on a little iceberg who's really lost a bunch of weight, it's gonna be you know Chad, who's got a Poor bunch Chad. of loose skin because we ran out of protein powder. And he's got no way to get his fix on for lifting. Yeah, yeah. Which so so we were we were one thing we want to talk about. And Sean, I know that you've definitely had a more serious regiment than I have for this. But home workout trends. What what's your what's give me your top two recommendations for home workout trends? Top two recommendations. Well, top two. Let's see. Well, I I for one have my own routine that I've been doing. It's called eight minute abs, and it's a simple eight minute abs search on YouTube. But it's the first result, and it is the quintessential 90s workout. You got the dude with the mullet and the really skimpy tank top. He's looking great. He's got an awesome tan going. He's got his workout buddies with him. They're on this immaculate lawn with a fountain in the background, and the music is just smooth jazz, elevator music. Eight minutes, you crank out your ab workout, and you're feeling great. He's got plenty of encouraging things to say. That's been my go-to. I've been doing that four or five times a week. I highly recommend it to anybody out there who's looking for a, looking to get a little sweat on for 10 minutes out of their day. It's quick but effective. So that's my biggest recommendation. Um, you asked for two, Jack? Yeah, I mean, if you, ha- if you have a second, definitely, I think uh, we got to get as much much advice out there as we can. Because, I mean, I, yeah, so, so you've got running, you've got abs. Is there any other sort of body weight? exercise you got as a recommendation i can tell you what i've witnessed firsthand and that is the home gym now i haven't i haven't lifted in years because i'm a runner i don't need to be big but um (laughs) it slows you down actually right worse for runners actually get muscle removed from their body right and that's is what i've heard yes yeah well what you've heard is correct all the muscle is for the running but I've been seeing uh, some pretty impressive home gym ideas. Anything from using high chairs for, for clips. So you have like bar chairs. Have that as a little makeshift spotter. That's nifty. It is. Wow, it's nifty. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. So a lot of stuff like that. And I think, you know, more power to you. You know, 
like we said, gym bros are missing their natural habitat, but I think if you get creative, you can make your home gym into that. I've seen people squatting their dogs, especially if you've got a bigger dog. I think that's pretty effective too. So I, I think it's really what you make of it, Jack. That's my view of it. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Other things I've been seeing online is, uh, you know, TikTok's been big for a while now, but I think especially during quarantine, people are uh, resorting to their comfort TikToks for a little bit of guilty pleasure entertainment. I think at the beginning of quarantine, it was the Carol Baskin dance to uh, Mega the Stallion's uh, Savage uh, song, which, you know, oh, yeah. that the was excellent. The one that took the nation by storm. Right, exactly. That one, that one was great. But that only lasted for about a week, as most TikToks do, um, in popularity. The most recent thing I've been seeing, and Jack, we talked about this earlier, is Spin the Bottle. And this isn't the Spin mm. the Bottle. This isn't your mother's Spin the Bottle. This is the New Age TikTok edition. Spin the Bottle and either hit your friends with a baseball or peg them with an egg um, or chase them with a car. I think I've seen people get pretty creative with it. Uh, Jack, what's your favorite version of this new age spin the bottle? Yeah. I mean, there are so many, there are so many good ones. I think the car is up there, but I think I've always seen the video cut out before the fateful moment of the person getting hit. So that feels a little bit more scripted to me. I think my favorite one I saw was, well, there were two favorites. I'll tell you, there was one, it was the egg one Mm -hmm. and the person is the person spun the bottle and there's, you know, five guys standing around and it stops on another person. And the person who spun the bottle tried to run away, but they slipped and fell. Oh, I and so they're like a foot away from the person throwing. Uh, and you can imagine they showed them no mercy and uh, they got just absolutely destroyed, destroyed by an egg, yeah. destroyed. Um, and then I think my other one, the other one that comes to mind was with soccer balls. And it was just typical spun the bottle. A person went to kick the ball, but there were two. And the first one they kicked took out the person's legs and so they fell and they were maybe only 10 feet from the person but then they kicked the second ball and it it was just a, a line drive right to this back of this kid's head Oof. yikes and there, you know there's nothing like physical humor to make you laugh and forget that we're all stuck inside and just so <laughs> right. so sad nothing like seeing another person get blasted in the head with a soccer ball but i think it's been great to see a lot of online content that's been keeping us busy. But I wonder if there aren't better ways to fill our time. I would have thought that, for instance, like people would read more. I've read a couple times for a little bit before I go to bed, but I really have met not a single person who's said, oh, I'm reading more now that I have all this time in the day. And that was always people's number one excuse, right? I have, I don't have the time. I can't read. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's this natural gravitation to uh, guilty pleasures and stuff that we really shouldn't be doing for the proportion of the day that we do, but we decide to do anyway just because. Quarantines certainly hasn't helped that uh, dynamic. I guess in that in that vein, that's a great segue into our uh, unhealthy habits that we've encountered in quarantine. The first thing that comes to mind is the stereotypical plopping yourself on the couch and just going to town on whatever whatever's in your pantry uh, until you physically cannot move. Um, I'm talking about the couch potatoes out there. Oh, I thought you were just mentioning, I thought that was just lunch. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's become pretty commonplace for, for me. So I'm sure I'm sure it's also been uh, pretty commonplace with you too, Jack, I, I'd imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how many times I've just opened whatever cupboard there is with the most food in it and just grabbed as much as I can and just said, you know, I'm making grilled chicken with cereal and leftover Indian curry. 
for just as much food as I can. It doesn't matter if it matches or not. You know, who's going to be there to judge me? I'm not going to go see anybody and tell them what I had for dinner. Right. You know? Yeah. It's gotten, it's gotten so bad that I'm, I'm beginning to encounter foods that I once thought healthy that aren't even that. Um, uh, the story here is, uh, so everybody knows canned or- mandarin oranges or the, the plastic mandarin oranges, however, however you consumed it when you were a kid. Everybody had it at some point. And everybody, and everybody had their different form. Right. Right? Like you said, plastic or can or right. school lunch or whatever. Exactly. So they had that going, and parents gave it to their kids because they're just trying to get their vitamin intake. Well, newsflash, guys, there's no vitamins in these mandarin oranges, but there is a ton of sugar, 70 grams, for a little tiny, like, six-ounce can. I was devastated. I, it was a sad day. And and let's be clear, Sean did the research here. This isn't this isn't fake news. This isn't alternative facts. This is hard-hitting. Put it on the headlines, everybody. This is real news this here. Is, this is objective fact. I mean, this is this is this comes from the work of turning the can 180 degrees, <laughs> reading the label. And remember, we don't read outside of school. That is a rule here on COVID College. And dissecting the information and finding that there are no vitamins in these oranges. Absolutely devastating when I discovered that. Now, I'd like to ask you the question, Sean. If there's no vitamins, if there's no vitamin C which we all know is probably the most associated thing with anything orange. What are they? And and where did they come from? I I don't know. That and that's something that maybe we should poll cuz your guess is as good as mine. I I trusted the system. I will not do that anymore when it comes to uh, those kinds of sugary products, which I trusted they at least would pump them full of vitamins to balance out the sugar, but they don't. And uh, it was a tough day. And we're not trying to say anything about the parents who buy these and don't look at the labels and just give them to their kids. Because I was fed these many times as a kid and I loved them. And I thought, oh, it's the best of both worlds. It tastes really good. And my mom is being a mom. She's giving me my vitamins. She's doing what moms do. But she's doing what moms do. But it's so, it's so interesting to think that it has fooled so many parents. Because I can guarantee you if a parent, no parent in their right mind would look at that, say 70 grams of sugar, no vitamins or minerals. Yeah, I'm going to give that to my kid on their dinner plate and say that that's their fruit. And so it's just amazing to see that you just take the name of a real orange and put it on a can of basically orange sugar water and you can fool every single Midwestern and suburban and inner city, every single parent in America, basically. Failed. They've been fed lies. And you heard it here first. If you take away one thing from this podcast, it should be that there's no vitamins in Mandarin orange. Yeah, forget Trump quotes. This is the number one thing that you should take away from COVID college, if anything. I think I'm thinking a rename is up for the podcast. Potentially. Mandarin oranges have no vitamins. Potentially. We'll keep you updated, folks, but that that could be in the works here. (laughs) Could be in the works. (laughs) Similarly, uh, and we mentioned this before with cooking at home in uh, previous episodes, but in a similar discussion, baking at home. Now, part of Mm. of it is, at least before quarantine, you'd bake a nice cake or some cookies, and you'd bring it over to your, your neighbor Bob's house, and you'd share it with them. And, you know, of course, you'd keep a little bit for yourself. But in quarantine, you know, that's not, not a very wise thing to do. So I found that as you're baking, you have nowhere to nowhere to take it. So you're going to eat it. And it's not usually that healthy. So there's another unhealthy habit that we're getting from a supposedly innocent activity in baking here. Jack, what do we have to say? What I first have to say is as this COVID thing started to pick up and I, I was at school and I go to Walmart 
because that was the only place to get like food or anything uh, that was near. And I started to notice, oh, toilet paper's gone. Oh, you know, rubbing alcohol's gone. Lysol wipes are gone. And then I came home and then I went to the grocery store so my mom didn't have to go. And I, I noticed that there had been a run, a Great Depression run on the bank level run on flour in the grocery store, you know? Rubbing alcohol and toilet paper are gone. And then the next thing off the shelves was flour. And it's just so interesting to me that people say, okay, first I'm going to make sure that I can wipe after I go to the bathroom. Then I'm going to make sure that I can disinfect everything. And then I'm going to bake some zucchini bread. That's such a weird order of priority. Two words. Sourdough starter. Thank you. Right? <laughs> Thank you. There are some, what's, I don't know the sourdough company in San Francisco, but their, their starter dough has been alive for like 150 years. Think about that. You could never have to, I don't know how a sourdough starter works now that I think about it. Do you, you have to add flour, don't you? But not a lot, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is the next episode of this podcast is not going to be how to make sourdough from Sean and Jack. But basically, I think it's really interesting, actually. Because, I mean, I've eaten more cookies and banana bread than, like, the last time I can remember eating it this much was when I was, like, six. (laughs) And it's so just counterproductive to all the working out that I've been doing and that I feel like people have been doing in general. We were talking about it earlier, and Sean, you had said that you'd made a pan of Rice Krispie Treats and they were, what, gone in, like, three days, did you say? Yeah, if If that. that They didn't stand a chance. It was, (laughs) uh, they didn't die a slow death. It was a very, uh, it was a quicker death than it should have been. But they, uh, they didn't last long. (laughs) But they, they were delicious. <laughs> they didn't even have enough time to see a sunrise and a sunset. I'm not proud of it, but they were delicious. So I'd make them again, and I'd probably do the same exact thing. Hey, somebody had to win, right? Somebody had to win. I think what comes with this, though, is I've noticed that I've been eating later and later. And I used to eat late at school, but I'll make a bowl of cereal and an egg at 1130 at night now. And that's really probably not good for you. But I think that that wraps in into everything of like sleep schedules, you know? And, and, and just the change in priority of when we go to bed because of when our obliga- first obligation is in the morning. Um, I was wondering if your sleep schedule has taken uh, any significant hits, Sean. Oh, it's taking a turn for the worse, that's for sure. I've uh, <laughs> been waking up later and eating less uh, on less of a regimen with each successive day. It's more like two meals a day rather than three and a lot of snacking in between. And like you said, it's not... It's not the most healthy habit. It's definitely uh, it's definitely in the unhealthy realm. But I think that's just part of not really having anywhere to be outside of your own house. You're just you're confined and you you want to sleep it off and you rinse and repeat and you just get into this kind of routine and there's not a lot you can do to get out of it. It's very easy to fall back into. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very fragile thing that I don't think we give it the attention it deserves mm-hmm. ever. I mean, now that cl- classes are over, so it'll be different for me. But I remember I had a, the very strict schedule of every day I'd have a class at 11. And so I'd wake up at 10, 50, 7, and then walk to my laptop. If I was lucky enough, go upstairs and make a bowl of cereal and then eat it in class. And then I'd eat at like noon, 3, and 6. That, that became my my schedule which i don't think anyone would consider three lunchtime that's like end of lunch yeah and then that just that transitioned into a sleep schedule where i went to bed at three and then woke up at ten fifty seven, and then it just got worse and then on the weekends it yeah so it definitely uh was something i didn't really even care to pay attention to. <laughs> and it has a compounding effect at <laughs> that absolutely absolutely <laughs> 
Well, with that, we're going to move on to the Trump quotes. Which you've all been hoping and dreaming and waiting for us to say from the moment you turned on. And let us tell you, it's everything you hope for and then some. And we got a bonus one for this episode, so sit tight just a little bit longer. God, what an idiot. Uh, I'm going to start this one off. Uh, this is about uh, our friend, uh, the Donald's favorite uh, potential treatment for COVID-19, hydroxychloroquine, and his incessant appeal to its magical properties, of which there's been no scientific evidence to support. <laughs> but allow me. I think people should take hydroxychloroquine. If it were me, in fact, I might do it anyway. I may take it. I have to ask my doctors about that. But I may take it. Now, Jack, I think this encapsulates everything Trump's about when it comes to seeing through a solution for this pandemic. And it's just the fact that he will not stop talking about this hydroxychloroquine solution that I think every scientist on this earth has said it does not help. In fact, it might weaken your immune system and make you more susceptible to getting it. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think uh, <laughs> I think that kind of it speaks for itself. <laughs> But I think that in that, isn't that just the genius of it? That an entire healthcare field has everybody in the world fooled. They've got everybody fooled. They've got everybody thinking this isn't the answer. That's true. And, and he's he's the only one that's going to stand up there and say, I'm refusing scientific evidence. <laughs> my doctors, Fauci, my sons, my daughters, Melania, Putin, every single person has told me, listen, dude, like this doesn't, it actually hurts. It hurts your body. <laughs> And he's heard all that, and he said, I think somebody's pulling a ruse on me, and I'm not going to fall for it. And and that's just the genius of it. He's never, he, he'll never fall for it. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you've got the, you got the French Revolution, you've got American independence, and now we've got the Trump Revolution. And that that is the man who will not bow down to establish scientific authority at any cost. At no cost. And let's also just acknowledge, like, I just think it's funny. I may take it. I have to ask my doctors about it, but I may take it. Like, they'd ever let him get anywhere near that if they thought it would weaken his immune system. Right. He could, like, demand it and demand it. And they probably, there's probably some sort of legal obligation they have that they're not allowed to give a person something if it could weaken their body rather than help them. And so he can say all he wants, he's going to take it. But it's not like he can just walk down to a drugstore and get it. Right. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, from, from my quote this week, it actually came out today. It's in regard to the recent firing of the State Defense Department Inspector General or something like that. He was investigating Mike Pompeo for improper use of personal aids. And, and this, this is the, what Trump said today in the conference. He said, and now I... I hear I have you telling me about dog walking, washing dishes, and you know what? I'd rather have him on the phone with some world leader than have him washing dishes because maybe his wife isn't there or his kids aren't there, you know? Oh man. And what encaps what I, what I think that encapsulates this whole thing in that quote is just I don't think Mike Pompeo would have a call with a foreign leader scheduled for three o'clock and say, can you actually bump that to tomorrow because I have to go home and run my dishwasher because my wife and kids aren't home. And it's my, <laughs> it's my week for dish duty, and right. I got to do it. Got to do it. Um, got to get it done. I, I just think that that's, it's just, I don't even know. Sometimes words escape you when, when, you talk, when you're talking about just how insightful these quotes are. I think this next one, I think, is the true essence of what it means to 
accuse somebody of something, um, somebody in pretty high regard. Somebody who has much higher approval ratings than, than Donald Trump does. Yes, and that would be Obama. Jack, do you want to introduce this one, our bonus quote for the episode? Yeah, I would love. Uh, this is the bonus Trump, double Trump, Jeopardy question of the day. And uh, so this quote was given a couple days ago in a press conference that he was giving. And, and this is this is like the beginning segment that we have taken from the uh, an article from The Guardian. And it says, days after tweeting about Obamagate and accusing his predecessor, Barack Obama, of committing crimes, U.S. President Trump was asked specifically what those were. And he replied, Obamagate, been going on for a long time. It's been going on from even before I got elected, and it's a disgrace that it's going on. And then he then continued to say, some things, some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And then he ended there. But then the reporter who asked him the question about these accusations of Obamagate then asked him, can you tell me what specifically the crimes are? And Trump just said, you know what the crimes are. You know what the crime is. And that was it. Mic drop. Mike, Mike drop. That was the end of the press conference. He he walked off and he flipped off the 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 press corps and just said, "You know what the crimes are. Stop asking me," and just left. <laughs> that last part was an exaggeration. Yeah, but I'd believe it. Um, <laughs> he uh, excruciating detail he he provides here. I mean, really, he really gets into the really gets into the dirty details when when they ask him. I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, Donald, slow down. Like, you're giving too much information here. Yeah, this this seems like classified information. Let's go over. Uh, the How long has it been going on for? It's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. How bad was it? Oh, terrible things happened. How do you feel about it? It should never be allowed to happen again. And then, well, what happened? Oh, you know what happened. <laughs> I think he answered. He answered all the questions. Who, what, when, where, why, how. What else could he want? And he even knew that we knew the what and how. Exactly. Already. Remember, he's playing chess and we're playing checkers. I forgot. Yeah. Or poker. Whatever complicated game you want to call it, Sean. But we yep. know it's not checkers because that's it's what we're checkers. playing. Exactly. He's always thinking two or three steps ahead. And um, <laughs> yeah, with that, that's going to conclude episode three of COVID College. We're going to get back to you soon enough for episode four. Thank you uh, again for tuning in. We're looking forward to the the second half of this series coming right at you. But until then, this is Sean. And this is Jack with COVID College. COVID College is written and produced by Jack Pobolaitis, Sean Lonergan, and Sydney Pobolaitis. The show is edited by Sydney Pobolaitis, and the cover art is made by Grace Martin. The intro music is made by Kevin McLeod.